The Dental Brief is brought to you by Omni Premier Marketing and the amazing guests who bring wisdom and advice that you can put to use to take your business and practices to the next level. Find us on Facebook and join the conversation. Get ready to grow because we are kicking off the next episode in three, two, one. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Dental Brief. Um, I have with us um, a really kind of fun guest and what's going to be an exciting story that I can't wait to hear. Dr. Shalino, say hello to everyone. Hello. It's nice to I, be out here. <laughs> I, I know that I asked you like three times if I pronounced your name correctly, and I know that you said I did. Did I get it right that time? Yes. Good. So thankful for that. So you're in Lincoln, um, Maine, not Lincoln, yes. Nebraska, um, the other Lincoln. Um, and you're a dentist who's recently transitioned into a practice, correct? Yes, yes. Awesome. So let's kind of go back a little ways. Tell me, how did you become a dentist? What made you become uh, get into dentistry? Well, initially, I was uh, I had a career in uh, working with adults with developmental disabilities, and I mean, I loved my job, but we had a couple of kids, and money was tight, and I was having my teeth cleaned, and I'm just laying there staring at my hygienist awkwardly, thinking I could do this, and so. Initially, my game plan was to go back to school and become a hygienist, and the rumor was they were going to open up a dental school in the state of Maine, and I was kind of, that was my long-term goal was to be a dentist, and but then they opened it up while I was in school, so I just transferred all my credits to, to dental school, and so I worked full-time through undergrad, and then uh, did school full-time, and took care of my kids and my husband, and it was a little crazy at times, but yeah, and then the four years of dental school, it was amazing. So, yeah, I actually went to the UNE's um, new school. I was their fourth class. So it was quite an experience. Yeah, I'm sure that it was. And, you know, our last uh, guest, Bob Spiel, was saying how, um, you know, you either find dentistry or it finds you. That's how you get there. Mm -hmm. It kind of sounds like dentistry found you. Does that seem pretty fair? It really did. Yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. found me. And, and it's definitely been a great switch, and I, I feel very happy to go to work every day. It's very rewarding to have a job that you feel passionate about, so. Yep, so here's the thing. You you now currently own a practice, correct? Yes. Yep, we and just celebrated our one year anniversary. Uh, I graduated, awesome. uh, uh, let's see, 2020 um, was uh, my year I graduated school and I had signed on to work with uh, Dr. Thibodeau here in Lincoln um, with a long-term goal of me taking over the practice and I worked there for about eight months and he's like, I think I might be ready for you to take over. So, <laughs> but awesome. a, a year and a half later, we signed the paperwork. So we're talking a couple of years from the time that you finished dentistry, dental school to yep. owning a practice. Yep. So congratulations. That's a huge accomplishment to have. Thank you. Um, so soon. Um, let me um, let me ask you, how did this kind of unfold? So um, I know that you worked with um, ADA practice transitions, correct? Yep. So, so in, my, in my fourth year of dental school, um, Suzanne Ebert, um, she was a dentist in Florida and she got involved with her practice transition, kind of went south and she didn't want anybody else to feel that way. So she and the ADA worked on this program to kind of help match dentist versus personality and, and um, practice type and what they wanted to do and kind of the location that they wanted to be in. It's kind of a way for rural dentists to kind of help transition. So I listened to her whole spiel being in Maine and I kind of wanted to stay here with my kids and my husband and 
didn't want to have to move them all cross country to wherever we could get a job. Sure. Uh, so I signed up and when I was, when they first launched it, it was in um, uh, Maine and I think Nebraska or Wisconsin or something like that, somewhere out in the Midwest or just a couple of states. And I was, I felt kind of blessed to be on the receiving end of the beginning there. So I met uh, Dr. Thibodeau on the website. Um, I had chosen a, a number of other dentists to kind of meet with and chat with, and we kind of meshed the best. So it's just kind of a natural flow from there, which felt very rewarding. So, you know, a lot of people don't, um, and, and that's great. I'm glad that it, it worked out well for that for you. And I think um, for some it doesn't. I think making sure you're picking the right people to help you um, navigate these waters is, is really important. It sounds like you did that. You've obviously um, endorsed Dr. Ebert and EDA transitions, which is fantastic. Let me ask you another question. World dentistry, right? So um, you haven't practiced in a major metro area, is that correct? No. Okay. No. And since I don't think many people are going to believe that Lincoln, Maine is a big city, um, no, hopefully definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So it's a rural area. Tell me about Lincoln, Maine. What's it like? Well, we have about 5,000 people here, um, but you would be surprised that our small little town actually has three dental offices and mm -hmm. as well as an FQHC office. Um, but we draw patients from an hour to an hour and a half away um, just because we are so rural. People have to travel a long way to get care. And um We've been, we've gone from 10 new patients a month to around 10 to 12 a week. So we've been very wow. well received as a, as a female in a rural community, which is really nice. So, sure. yeah. So tell me, why do you think, yeah, what is it that, why do you think you're bumping up from, you know, 12 or 15 per month to that many per week? What do you think the secret to that success is other than being, uh, you know, people are, are, I'm sure some are seeking a female dentist. It definitely happens. Yeah, there have been a number that have come. Um, mostly, it's uh, there are so few dentists. We're one of the only offices in the area that is taking new patients currently. Um, mm -hmm. So there are a lot of people that are coming to us for that. Like, just like I called my regular dentist and they can't get me in for three months and I'm in mm -hmm. pain. So we, uh, we kind of make it our goals to see, you know, emergencies um, very promptly. So if you're waiting a day to two days, that's, that's a long time for, for our office because having, having toothaches, no joke. So sure. yeah, just being that so, open to, to getting people in quickly and, and as well as just taking new people. Yeah. So what percentage of your patients are insurance compared to fee for service? Um, I'd say probably a third to a half are fee-for-service. Um, we just got out of network with one insurance company because they dropped the rates so much we couldn't we couldn't do it. Um, sure. We do take a, a little bit of main care, um, but the, again, the reimbursement rate is so low, it's hard to to bump that up. I'd love to, but it's hard yeah. to keep the doors open. Yeah, I understand that. The And I'm sure our listeners do too, but so it kind of sounds to me like if you're looking to have patients lining out, your door and a good amount of fee-for-service patients. Rural area seems like a good place to be. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We uh, we definitely have a, a large area that draws from it and none of us are, are hurting for patients. So yeah, it's we're looking at, I think, close to year-end at 
um, about a 1.5 million um, just mm -hmm. for my first year, just a single dentist. And um, Dr. Thibodeau was working three mornings a week-ish. <laughs> he just took sure. the whole month off, so yeah. 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 So um, what are some of the downsides? We'll get to more upsides that people might not be thinking about. What do you think of some of the downsides of being in a rural area and practicing? Downsides <clears throat> are your specialists, if you need to refer, are mm -hmm. kind of a drive. So people are looking at about 45 minutes if they live in, in Lincoln to get to Bangor, which is where our specialists are. Um, so kind of being a jack of all trades. So if you're not interested in doing endo and you're not interested in, in doing the surgical extractions and kind of challenging yourself on a day-to-day -day basis, then, you know, maybe a rural practice is for you. But at the same time, people will travel if they need to. So, yeah. What do you think That's are some definitely. of the upsides outside easier to acquire new patients or it seems that way? I think it is, but yeah. What are some of the upsides that people might not think about? Upsides is you definitely get to know your community. Um, you are kind of an upstanding member of your community. Okay. And so if you're looking for people to look up to you, to um, to ask you to, to join committees or, or get your voice out there, that's kind of a, a good thing that about the rural dentistry. You're just not another face in the crowd. Um, people are very, very loyal. Um, word of mouth gets around so much faster than advertising in, in rural areas. So, you know, we hear a lot of good things where people are like, oh, so-and-so saw you and they, they said great things and they told me I had to come and see you. So here I am. And, you yeah. know, when you can kind of follow through with that and, you know, we pride ourselves on painless anesthesia if we absolutely can. So people really appreciate that. They're like, I didn't believe you could do it, but you <laughs> but you did. So Yeah, let's, let's talk about some other things. And I'll tell you, I have an interest and in, I grew up in a rural area. Mm -hmm. um, I have an interest in getting the word about how awesome rural practices can be. Um, I know that there's a lot of practices in rural areas that are on the market and that have been sitting on the market for a period of time um, mm -hmm. that people may not know how awesome these are. So let's talk about some things totally outside of dentistry that are important to a lot of people. Um, <clears throat> you mentioned the kind of numbers that you're doing in your practice. Fan fantastic. Congratulations. Not too many people two years out of dentistry own a practice doing a million and a half per year. You're probably the only one, um, <laughs> honestly. So congratulations on that. But let's talk about cost of living. What do you think the average cost of living um, in uh, Lincoln, Maine is right now? Oh, it's it's not very high. I mean, our property taxes are, are fairly reasonable. They're actually higher in Lincoln center than they are in some of the surrounding towns, um, which are only a five or 10 minute drive outside of Lincoln. Um, you know, our roads are fairly well maintained. We get quite a bit of snow up here. So uh, sure. our taxes go to that. So they're definitely helpful, but we're on um, like town water and sewer here because we're right in town. But um, yeah, our, our cost of living is definitely lower. Um, we have all of our conveniences right close by. So we go to Bangor, which is 45 minutes, maybe once a month if we need something special, do a, yep. uh, a Sam's Club trip. <laughs> so I back to the cost of living. If you had a guess, four bedroom, 3,000 square foot, newer home within 10 miles of your practice, what does that cost? Right now they're between, because the housing market's a little higher, you're looking at around 400,000 for a four bedroom. Sure. Um, but the outside of 
Lincoln, they, they tend to go down. We're surrounded by a lot of lakes too. So a lot of our houses are on lakes that are between mm -hmm. three and, and 400,000. I think sure. the highest I saw at the peak of the housing market was somebody wanted 700 and it sat there for a while. <laughs> yeah. In the city of Denver, uh, 3,000 square foot four bedroom home on the newer side is going to probably cost you about 1.6 and up from there. Yep. So a little bit of a difference. Now you mentioned Bangor, how far is there an airport there? Yep. There's Bangor International, um, which is actually awesome because we can take a uh, straight flight right down to Florida. So when we went mm. to visit the Disney with the kids, that was pretty nice. Yeah. But, so you actually have our own municipal, we have a municipal one right here in, in Lincoln as well, a real small one. <laughs> yep. So I think that's one thing that people don't realize too, is that in a lot of rural areas, even though the airport may be an hour, an hour and a half or two hours away. In a lot of cities, the airport is an hour and a half or two hours away, depending on the time of the day. If you're a half, if you're 30 miles south of the Atlanta airport, it's a two hour drive to get to the airport. Oh, absolutely. If you, if you have a three mile commute up there, about how long does that take you? Three minutes? Uh, about, about five, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So um, rural practices, obviously, you know, we're endorsing them here and I think people should check them out. Um, let's talk about your transition a little bit, your, sure. um, and your practice and working with ADA transition. So, um, tell me, obviously you endorse them, so we don't need to do that now, but clearly you do. And that's great. Um, yeah. what do you think is important when looking for someone to help you with that? What are some of the things that maybe they did that you think, Hey, this is something that's important or, or maybe some things to really watch out for? Well, one of the, a number of the things that I really liked is that um, they had an advisor that kind of walked you through the whole process. So if you had any questions or concerns, they had that. They also had a manual that you could read if you didn't want to do face-to-face -face talking or through email. Um, they kind of had all those questions already answered. And they've actually picked my brain and my husband's brain to kind of add, you know, what things should we bring in that maybe your partner would want to think about what things are important if you have a family. Um, so they've added in a lot of those um, resources to kind of help people through the whole process, even outside of the practice transition itself, just moving to a new area, whether it's rural or urban or anything like that. Um, the personality um, profile matching it. I mean, it really kind of helps, you know, what do you, you know, how your personality type works with others. Um, wow. And they also had little um, sliders that you could decide whether or not if you liked your own ex doing surgical extractions or if you preferred doing more simple extractions and, you know, how far do you, and it was kind of a continuum. So, and they kind of match you with people that were within, I don't know, maybe five or 10 points of where you marked yourself as what you were comfortable doing. So, yeah, it definitely awesome. helps because there's so many different things. <laughs> sure. Yeah, good advice. That Making sure it's the right fit. It doesn't matter what the practice number is. And if, it, if it's like oil and water and, and mm -hmm. then a new associate comes in with the intentions on taking over and they don't mesh with the dentist, they're probably not going to mesh with the patients very well. The practice yeah. isn't going to have nearly the value that you thought. So great advice. I want to have you come back on uh, maybe in a year or so and, and kind of tell sure. us, like, you know, what's going on now, where the practice is at. Um, sure. and, and share with us. I want to say congratulations again, and thank you very much for being on today. All right. Thank you.